So the topic tonight is Shavuos. Obviously, Shavuos is around the around the bend. Um, but I'm going to share with you a thought process, which leads me eventually to Shavuos. So you will not see necessarily the the connection immediately, but we'll get there eventually. I want to start on page two. It's, it's source number five because we're, we're holding in in, in the in the Tkufa of Svira and different in in regards to when people are knowing the Bailas of Svira but um, I want to see the Gemara the more talks about Svira and see how that uh, eventually gives us a message towards Shavuos as well so the Gemara says Tanya a person was married in, in, his, in his youth and he was no longer his wife passed away um, so he should continue to uh, he should marry somebody again the fact that he had children in his youth is not a reason not to continue to have as he gets older. Pasuk says in Kahelis, you, you sow, you sow in, in the morning and you don't think that when it comes evening that you should, shouldn't stop. So, you don't know which one will be better, and if gold, both are good, for sure good. Person had talmidim in his youth. He should have in his earlier years. He should get. He should have still have more talmidim. Don't say I've done my job. I'm finished. Yotzigaben, as they say, and bring the same pasuk. And then on that, the more brings the story of Omru. Rikiva had 12,000 pairs of Tamidim. Um, they, they passed away in one period of time. And the world was desolate. And he taught them the Rabbi Senna Shabbatarim were Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Shemua, Vahem Hamidu Torah, Oisashon. That gave the support for Torah in that, in that point in time. Okay, so thinking about Rabbi Kiva and trying to understand Rabbi Kiva, I mean, we obviously we can't, Rabbi Kiva is beyond our. You know, comprehension of Rabbi Kiva. Uh, Rosh Hashanah says about Rabbi Kiva that when he saw, he, he was able to get a glimpse of Rabbi Kiva's Torah and he said he didn't understand it, number one. And then, then he said to Rabbi Baruch Hu, if, if you have such a person, why are you giving Torah through me? You should be giving Torah through Rabbi Kiva. That, that's how much Rabbeinu related to Rabbi Kiva. But the Atzan concept of Rabbi Kiva had 24,000 Talmudim. Um, that, that number itself is a mind-boggling statement that a person should be able to have 24,000 Talmidim. That he was able to, he, was, he had such a power of, of hashpah that he was able to, a, to impact 24,000 Talmidim. And the more says that the world was, that these people, that the world was Shomim, which means that these were real Talmidim. They were of a caliber that they were worthy of being Rabbi Kiva's Talmidim. The, when they were gone, the world was law em- empty, which means that they, they had, to that point, they actually had filled it where they weren't just like, you know, uh, uh, individuals who weren't, weren't, weren't worthy, they were worthy. One of the explanations why we, we have the Velas of the period of Svira is not so much the loss of the individuals, it's the loss of the Torah. If we try and picture Klai Yisrael, imagine those 25,000 people had stayed alive. Imagine 24,000 Talmudim who had the Torah of Rabbi Kiva. And we know later on that the more says in the beginning, in the beginning of the first parak, the more says that, that all of the Torah we have is through Rabbi Kiva. 
Ristam Mishnah's Remeyer, Ristam Sifri is Rabbi Yehuda, Samta Sefta. Rashimon says, Bazoyer, all of his teaching is the trumas, trumas of Rabbi It's the cream of Rabbi Kiva's Torah. But the more Ristam Mishnah's Rabbi is Remeyer, Makulam seems to leave the Rabbi Kiva. They're all rooted in Rabbi Kiva's Torah. So all of the Torah we have, the Torah Shabbat the, the, the Torah Shabbat the Nister, the Nigla, we have is Rabbi Kiva. And there's 25,000 people which had this Torah. Imagine they had stayed alive. And they had Talmidim. And the Talmidim had Talmidim. We don't know what Klaiser would look like to this, this day. It would be a different Klaiser. The impact of the loss of those 25,000 people is something which is felt to this day. And that's why we have a Velus during the period of Sphira of lo- the loss of that impact on Klai. So that's one of the explanations for why we're mourning this, this event of many, many years ago of 25,000. It's, it's a terrible loss, but it's, it's, we've had many greater losses of people in Klai, so than 25,000 people, sadly. The answer is we're, we're not mourning the individuals, we're mourning the loss of Torah. And Rabbi Kiva loses 24,000 Tamidim of that caliber. He would be a broken man. He should be a broken man. It's, uh, how does he pick up his head the next morning? You know, he sees them dying. He sees them dying in a period of 23 days. He sees them dying at the rate of, uh, of 800, 700, 800 people dying a day, daily. He doesn't know how to stop it. He's not, he, doesn't, he can't stop it. And he sees this loss. How, how, does, how does he pick up his head? How does he continue? And Rekiva goes to the Rabbi Tzadok Shabbatarim. He sets over again with five Talmidim. Like, and they have this, you know, the, we, we go from the gigantic yeshiva to five people around the table. Right? Right? That's the picture. You know, it's like, you could, I can't put, you know, we're, I, I can't, again, we can't picture Rekiva, but, you know, if we could, we'd say, like, he's sitting on this table, he sees there's five people around the table, and he's picturing this yeshiva of 24,000 Talmidim, and he's saying, like, Kabbalah Nebelt, what's it, it's, it's all, you know, how, how, how do you do it? And these five Talmidim, were, were mayor of Yehuda, etc., they were ready, they already were to the Chachamim at that point in time. They weren't his Talmidim that he built from the ground up. It's the pain of losing so much he built from the ground up to go where people already had Torah and he was teaching them. Right? And Rekiva did it. So it's, it's to, 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 to try and be misbind a little bit in that thought process of Rekiva, how he did that. I, just, that, that was where my, my thought process started. I'm trying to picture, if we, can, I proje- can I project my emotions into Rekiva? I don't think I could, but you know, I'm, at least from my vantage point, I'm trying to picture what was Rabbi Kiva thinking during those moments? What was Rabbi Kiva, how was Rabbi Kiva processing what was going on? So that's how this sheer started. That I was, I was trying to, to process that. Okay. Go back to the first page, please. So the, the second source. The second source also gives us a, a window into Rekiva, which is it, it, it's, it, it's teaching us something. I'm not going to read the whole source inside, but uh, the more it says a story, the more the end of Machis, the last, the last piece of Gemara Mesetta's Machis, the more it says that the, the Chachamim and Rekiva were, 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 was after the base of Mekdash had been destroyed. 
and these people were, were walking up towards Yerushalayim and they, they, they reached Harat Seifim, Mount Scopus and they were able now to see the actual they were high up but they could now see into the Makkah of Mikdash and they tore their clothing we have to remember these, these were, these were some of them who actually had seen the base of Mikdash standing and they saw the glory of the base of Mikdash and now they see the base of Mikdash instead of the desolation we go to the castle we're in pain picture this person who saw the base of Mikdash standing and he sees the, sees the Makkah of Mikdash and it's destroyed and the pain that he has so their Kriya, when they tore their clothing, it was a true Kriya, they were, they were they're sitting on this Makkah. Kim Shagil, the Harabayas, they kept walking towards the Harabayas. Ra Shul, Shayotim, they see a fox. They see a fox walking out of the, from the, the place where the, where the Kaddish HaKadoshim was. So they start crying, which is, we, that's what we expect the reaction to be. A person who saw the they, they saw the basic mikdash they 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 understood the kedusha these were the chachamim these are the of kliyasa these are the leaders of kliyasa and 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 Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Kiva and they, they were the they were they, they their understanding of the kedusha of the basic mikdash and the kain gadol and the kaddish kadoshim and yom kippur they're picturing that picture and they see an animal walking in that in that place. So they start crying. I, 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 if I could put words into the, the, the Gamora's mouth, they weren't crying. They were sobbing. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were they, uh, uh, crying uncontrollably. They had the pain is it has to be mind-boggling pain. I went, once read an article about a person who went back to um, Ger Chassid, who went back to the city of Ger after the war. The Ger during the Yom Neroyim could have a hundred thousand people in the city of Ger. 100,000 Hasidim were there in the city of Gerard. He comes back and it's desolate. And from, he's describing he's describing that desolation. Right? He's, he's so if that, that picture Kalbukheimer to the picture of the person picturing the base of Mikdash the throngs of the base of Mikdash somebody, even just the, the, human, the lack of human presence right? My, my son went to Meron this year, so he said, like, you know, uh, he said, they asked him that there's a half a million people there. He says, you know, says you're going on a field trip with all of Klai Yisrael. That's basically what it feels like. Right? Right? So you can picture Aliyah Laregel. You have the Moribah Nazi saying he one time saw 600,000 people on the Harabayas. You saw 600,000 people. You picture that, and now it's desolate. It's just the pain has to be, it has to be a searing pain. And Rekiva starts to laugh. So they said to Rikiba, what are you laughing about? What's so funny? So he says, so why are you crying? And so that the whole conversation is, like, why are you crying? Because it was the most obvious. She says, so they say to him, the place where it says, Azar, Karib Yumos, that any, any, no human being was allowed to go there. And if he dies, if he goes there, he's deserving of death. And now there's, there's animals, there's, there's foxes walking there. We're not going to cry? Like, what, what type of question is that? He says, that's why I'm laughing. He brings the more says that the, the, that we the the, the pasuk says Italy Adam the Monim the Bershem the pasuk says that the Bershem connects two nevuas together the nevua of Uriah Hakayan and Zachary ben Ben Yerachiyahu combines Novi Novi Zachary and the Novi Uriah so the more says Uriah lived a few hundred years before Zachary what's the connection between the two nevuas Zachary has a nevua that there's going to be a time and basically this is going to be rebuilt Yerushalayim is going to be rebuilt. Or he has a, has a nevuah of destruction, and the, and the Russian ties the two nevuahs together. So the Russian ties the two nevuahs together. I understood that you can't have 
the the nevuah of the being rebuilt unless the nevuah of the total destruction is fulfilled. Now that I see that the nevuah of total destruction is fulfilled, I can hope for the nevuah of the, the being rebuilt. Okay, it's a beautiful story, right? I, 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 we still would cry when we went there, right? Even with this picture now, seeing this nevuah of of of, of the binyan in the future, but our reaction is going to be crying. And why was Rekiva's reaction laughing? See, he feels confident that other Nebuah is going to, but, so, but it's, it's not here yet. Bezhema will be fulfilled. How did Rekiva relate to that as a situation of, of laughing, not a situation of crying? Okay. Two more quotes from Rekiva, and let's see if we can We'll go back to the other ones. I have seven quotes here, even though the sign says six. But I have seven, I have seven, seven quotes over here. Remember, keep. Um, the Morris says the, the beginning of Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva was an Amoritz. The Morris says I'm sochim that Rabbi was such an was an Amoritz, and he had such a hatred to the Tamid Chachamim that he says, if I see a Tamid Chacham, I want to bite him like when a, when a donkey bites. Mor says, "Why a bite of a donkey? Because it breaks the bones. When a donkey, when a, when a, when a, it's a very, very powerful bite, and it will actually break the bone." I had such a hatred to Tamina Chachamim. I wanted to bite them, a bo- a, a, not just a bite, but a bite would break their bones. Okay, that's Rabbi Kiva's description of himself when he was uh, before he became a Talmud Chacham. And the Mor says, "How did Rabbi Kiva become a Talmud Chacham?" So the famous story that he was well, he was one time he was standing there by a, by, a, by a spring by a, by a well, and he sees that there's a, there's a, there's a um, there's a rock there which has a hole worn in it, and he says, "Where did this where did this hole come from?" He says that the, the water is able to drip and wore away the, the rock to the point that now there's a hole in the rock. So he made a kalbacharmer. He says, "If." Water, which is not such a hard thing, can bore a hole in a rock, which is a very hard thing. So Torah, which is, we know is very powerful and very strong, can, can, can bore a hole into my heart, which is soft. And he went to learn. Okay? So So he went and he started learning by the Tanoikis. And he said, Rebbe, I'm Dani Torah. So he said, teach me. So they had their little tablets that they would write their notes on. Rekiva was writing on one side, his son was writing on the other side. He went to Kita Aleph, right? He went to pre He went to Aleph base. Lo he had not learned anything before in his life. He's going to Haskolos Chumash. I remember we had in Tells, uh, this goes back in the 1975, so... Even, you know, even now there's no Balchuba Yeshiva in, in Cleveland, Ohio, but, you know, but there's pro- programming at least for Balchuba, but 1975, what was available? There was Tal's Yeshiva. There was an individual, fellow was in his mid-30s, had become from and he wanted to learn, learn Gemara. He, was, he went to the Telshi High School, Machina, and he sat in cheer with, with 14-year-olds. And he came every day, and he was there, you know, he would prepare, and he would come, and he would sit in cheer, and you know, he, was, he was a member of the cheer. Right? And I remember, like, thinking then, like, you know, the, the strength to do that. You're going to sit with, you know, young men. I remember when I was teaching in Cleveland, so uh, we, I, I had a, we had a program for, I, I taught a Haskalos Gemara Shir for Balabatim. We had a night, night, night program. And um, 
And I'm picturing some of these fellows. And one fellow was the fellows listed in who's who in chemistry in the country. Another fellow was the chief IT. Uh, individual for American Greetings. American Greetings is this, this multi-billion-dollar dollar company. I once went to the headquarters of American Greetings. It's in Cleveland. It's a Stone family, right? Right. And uh, you go into the headquarters and you walk in, and there's a little there's a little cart in the corner, which is the peddler cart that Jacob Saperstein, Irving's father, started selling greeting cards from this little cart. And then around the room, you see they have aerial photographs of all of their factories across, of the 21 factories across the country producing their uh, different you know, strawberry shortcake and Ziggy and all of the things that they, they, they have, their greeting cards. The smallest one was a half a million square feet. They have, the, they have the square footage under each one. 21 factories, the smallest one is a half a million square feet. Some of them are over a million square feet. And this fellow is the chief IT you know, individual for all of American greetings. And he's coming to my Haskolsk Gomorrah Shir. So eventually the Shir morphed into that they wanted they want a little bit more. So two of them, these two used to come out to Yeshiva Tomri once a week. And once they said the comment, you know, there's this 13-year-old Bacher sitting next to him, like learning Gomorrah and explaining Gomorrah, and they're sitting there breaking their teeth on, on, the, on the Gomorrah. I remember one of them, when he was reading the Mora, that you know, he's, you know, it's the first time he's learning the Rebelli Shuba, you know, or you know, their, their background, they never had a background, you know, and he's, if there's a way to read the word wrong, he read it wrong. Like, you know, the, 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 there's a more of the word, the word, I remember the word su, you know, he read it so, to, to, any which way you can read it, not the way I told him to read it, he would read it. He persevered, he's finished us at this point in his life, but did a bit remember, like, and he says, you can't imagine how painful it is. I, I walk out into the secular world and I'm like, you know, I'm, 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 I'm you know, the, this, May, there's a head honcho over here, this top banana, you know, I walk in over here and I'm, I, I'm behind the 13 year old. And here's this fellow who's 30 sitting, sitting in the class with the 13-year-olds. Here's a Rekiva who's 40-year-old sitting in class with, with the 5-year-olds. You've you got to picture it. And that's Rekiva. And, uh, okay, so he, uh, so Kosovo Aleph Bey's Valimda. He was, he mama started from Aleph Bey's. Aleph Tough, he went through Aleph Bays. He started from Aleph Bays. If you picture this, a 40 year old man started from Aleph Bays. So everyone, one time, I told one of my friends, he says, You know, Rikiva can start at the age of 40. We can leave. He says, Yeah, I'm over 40. Now what do I do? Okay, okay, you know, okay, you can do it at 52. You know, like, we can start. We can start learning how to. So the more says, He continued. Eventually, he knew everything. But how do you have the strength? How do you have the strength to sit into that class? Okay. So the first one, the, the, number one, we the So Rikiva says that the Klau Godel in Torah is a Haftarechakamaycha. If I want to bring together a thought which will encapsulate the Torah, the Haftarecha Kamarcha gets it. That's the thought which encapsulates Torah. Now, I just want to clarify this a little bit. This is slightly off topic. Um, there's a fascinating question. The Kliyakar asks on this, it's, this is the Tars Kahanim, this is a, a halachic medrash. It's not a Gadotim, this is a halachic medrash where, where Kiva says this. But Kliyakar asks on it, there's a Gemara in Marcus, right before that Gemara, which we quoted. The Gemara says that there are 613 mitzvahs, 
And Dabar Melech came and he condensed them into in, in, all of these 613 mitzvahs into 11 main ideas. And Yishai came and condensed it into six. And finally, Chabakha comes and condenses it into one, Betzadik Bemunosa Yichia. That a person should, should the mitzvah of Muna, that's the, the mitzvah which everything funnels down to. So he says, Is it Behaftar Yichia Kamehir? Is it Betzadik Bemunosa Yichia? All right, that was his question. Now, you can, and the say it's a machloikis, we don't want to say it's a machloikis. You know, say it's a machloikis. So he suggests that Behaftar Yichia is the Kalgadol in Mitzvah Ben Adam Lachabeir, right? Basically, it will give you, if you understand that, you're going to, you're going to fulfill all the mitzvahs of the right? And Amuna will give you the foundation for all the mitzvahs of the Lamak. And that's what the Kiyakar suggests the answer. That's a very difficult to answer. Because you look at the Gemara, and the says there's 613, which is Ben Adam Lamak. Comes Yeshayah and Knesset to 11, and if you look at the 11 over there, there's some Ben Adam Lamak. Excuse me, comes David and Knesset to 11, so the more, it's, 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 it's still in Kapitol Tesvav. It says, La Ragal, La Shainai. Is one of them, and it says Nishma Rabba Lo Yomer, right? Nishma, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he'll keep his shoes, and he won't say Lashon Hara. So it says both, in the, it says both types in there. And the same thing with Yeshaya, and eventually it comes down to one. It means everything. So what's what's the kliyak? So the kliyak's answer is difficult to understand. So how the Kamoicha has to be a cloud which works for Benadam Lamakim as well. And uh, there's a way to answer how the, 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 the two should not be a stira. That's not my, not my point for tonight. But Rekiva says that there's a mitzvah of Rechel Kamecha, it's Kalgal Batera. Rekiva in Abbas, in Perky Abbas, says, Kalbu Adam Shabbat B'Tzal. Rekiva Yaser in Adasloy. Right? Number six. Human beings were created in the Tzalim Elohim. Okay. Then it says, Human beings were created in the Tzalim Elohim. So Rekiva sees that there's, there's a special, special, dear place that a human being has because he's created in Tzalim Elohim. Kaisel is even more dear because they're considered bottom lamokim. There is even more special because they have, they, the Torah is given to them. So we keep us three points. In this mitzvah what is the greatest impediment? One, one, is, one, one of the great impediments to the mitzvah haftarecha kamoicha. So the Bali Musr suggests something. The Bali Musr and the, the, the Bali Machshava, the Chassidus, suggests that the, one of the biggest impediments to the mitzvah haftarecha kamoicha is the person doesn't like himself. You have to like yourself first before you can like somebody else. Why? If you look at the mitzvah of the Kamarcha, the Ramban says, what, what are we asking you to do? We're asking you to love somebody just like you love yourself. That's not something which is the seichel can, can, can comprehend. In general, I like, I like myself more like other people. It says, what's the issue? The issue is the meat of kina. Don't be jealous. There's a word in Yiddish which is called fragin. Right? Be happy in somebody else's fortune. I should want for somebody else the same good fortune as I want for myself. I want to have children. My children should be successful. I want he should have just as much success. You know, I, I want my kids to be successful, and, and I want his kids also to be successful. But I want mine to be a little more successful, right? I would like to have. I like to be successful in business and have money, and you know, and you know, a good position and status in the community. I like him also to have money and success and status in the community. But I like to be a little bit better. 
right? Etc. Etc. Like you know, I, I like to say a shear, and I got like you know, ninety-five people, and he should have a shear. He should get eighty-five people, right? You know, right? So the Rebbe says no. What you're asked to do is that you should want for somebody else as much as you want for yourself. To remove from us the mida of kina hagrua, the lowly mida of kina of jealousy. That's the mitzvah of Haftarich Kamarcha. The mitzvah is the is the say. Don't be jealous. Don't desire what somebody else has. Be happy that they should have theirs. Right? And the mitzvah say is the Haftarich Kamarcha. That's what the Ramban understands. It's the Mitzvah Kamarcha. Now, why would you be jealous of somebody? Right? The, the Ibn Ezra asked the question how do, you, how do you legislate? How do you legislate an emotion? Now, the Gemara actually says on Lesach, he's talking about the Mitzvah Lesach, that, that it could be it's only if you do an action, but the Ramam says that there's two, in the Debris Rishonus, it says Lesach, in Debris Rishonus, it says Loisis Ave, it says Lesach, and Loisis Ave. So Ramah said there's, there's two mitzvahs, there's, there's an Loisa say of actually trying to acquire, that's Loisa and the desire to get it is Loisa So even the desire alone is a problem. How do you legislate a desire? How do you legislate a feeling, I, 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 I wish I had what somebody else has? I, I can control myself, I won't do anything about it. I, well, you know, how do you legislate a desire? That's the Ibn Ezra's question. So they say for the text of the Biskarov, the Biskarov said, uh, you know, that. If, a person, if you ever watch a, a person who's walking on a tightrope and he's walking over uh, Niagara Falls, he might be a lowly fellow who has, you know, he has typhus and he has jealousy, etc. But I guarantee you one thing, when he's walking across the tightrope over Niagara Falls, he's thinking about one thing, walking across the tightrope across Niagara Falls. Not about who he's jealous of and not about his desires, nothing else. He's focusing on one thing. So the, 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 the Biskarov said that the answer to the Ibn, the Ibn Ezra's question is when you're walking through life, understanding you're always in the presence of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, you're always walking with that awareness of that pocket of the year of a Kodesh Baruch Hu's presence, you're not thinking about anything else but just walking on that tightrope. That's a dragon which I don't think I'm holding anywhere near of, you know, doing comprehending as I can, maybe I can, I can, I can imagine such a thing, I'm not holding anywhere near that. I think there's a different answer. Um, I'm, I'm going to use a muscle. They, advice for public speakers is don't use analogies to kings because we don't have kings nowadays and people don't relate to kings. I'm going to use an analogy with a king because it doesn't work with anything else. It doesn't work with like a, a, a democratic ruler, which is, uh, which is uh, we're about a king, a king with the power of life and death. There are, there are places in this world to this day that have there's things like that, you know, uh, but uh, we don't normally picture that. But if you go back a, hundred, a few hundred years ago, we lived in a world where there was kings which had the power of life and death. And imagine there was such a king who was an extremely benevolent individual, an extremely intelligent individual, extremely extremely caring individual, and he loved his citizens and he loved the member, the, the people of, of his tr- country tremendously. And he, his only desire was to do the best for them. And he actually made it possible, if you want, if you wish, you could go and have appointments to meet him. And you could talk with him, discuss your issues, and he would give advice, and he would give financial support, and he would give, uh, make himself available. And all of the resources of this tremendously wealthy country were put at, at, at 
the, the availability to this individual who is speaking to the king. Okay, sounds like a nice thing. So you make your appointment, and obviously you get an appointment, it takes many months to get into the king, and you get, a, you, get a, you get a three-hour session with the king. Three-hour session with the king. Right? So obviously you're very scared because this is, this is the king. You know, he has the power of life and death. And you're walking into that. And we're picturing ourselves waiting in the waiting room, about to walk in. And it's very scary. We don't know what the reaction, what, what, how's it going to go. And we walk in and it's the most wonderful experience you could ever imagine. Here is this very powerful being who has unlimited resources, in, in our minds, almost unlimited resources, very intelligent, focused on my needs. And thinking all, just about me for three hours. Very powerful power of concentration. He's focusing on me for three hours. And he listens and he gives sagacious advice. And he's empathetic. And he gives me some types of uh, resources available. And he gives them. So what's the emotion we're going to feel at that point in time? Gratitude. Gratitude. What else? Overjoyed, good. What else? Gratitude. A state of security, a feeling of warmth, a protection. The, the analogy which I pick, take it back to is you know, you're about five, six years old, and you went to the Hughes Park for the day. You're driving back, and it's getting dark, and your parents are in the front seat. And you have the most wonderful day that you can imagine. And the most powerful beings in the world are sitting in the front of your car. And you fall asleep. It's total manucha. Total manucha. Like, and there's nothing bad in the world. Because you're being taken care of by this most powerful being called your parents. David Melch says that the feeling of being in a Kodesh Baruch's arms is the feeling as a child, the babe in its mother's arms. Kodesh Lovitz has a beautiful, beautiful thought. I've said this over before. This Gemara Shabbos, the Gemara Shabbos says that uh, fascinating. One of the more says that says that one of the malachas is we know that malachas on Shabbos to be to be held culpable for malachas on Shabbos. It has to be done in a way where it's a positive act, not a negative act. So one of the questions is the malach of soser of, of, demoli- of dem- demolishing demolition is a negative act. So it has to be done for the purpose of rebuilding. I'm taking apart this building to use the materials to rebuild. So it's not a negative act. It's a positive act because I'm going to use the materials, etc. Comes from Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim says that it's only if a person plans to rebuild it in the same place because even though I'm planning to use the materials, so then that's if it's positive, but the building which was here in this place is gone. There's elements of negativity. So it's not good. It only if he plans, I'm going to leave this beam kindly. So more says one second. All of the Lama Tesmalachas we learned from the Mishkan. Where did, you have the, where did you have demolition in the Mishkan? It was all building. Well, you did when you would take the Mishkan apart to move to the next place. So the, the actual source for the Malacha of Soser is to, re, to take it apart, to put it somewhere else, not here. So how can you tell me that the Malacha is only if you plan to rebuild it in the same place? That's the Morris question. So the more answers... The more answers, since it says in the Apostles, that they travel, it's like it's, it's, it's rebuilt at the same place. So what's the more terrorist? So Rechav Shalavit says a pshat, which I'm not sure it's pshat in the Gemara, but it's, the concept is gewaldic. He says, imagine a woman gets onto a bus in Tel Aviv to travel to Yerushalayim, and she's carrying a child in her arms. So I ask you, where's the child? The answer is, the child is, it's in the mother's arms. 
Now the bus travels to Yerushalayim and asks you, where's the child? The answer is, it's mother's arms. No, it's not. The child was in Tel Aviv, and now the child's in Yerushalayim. The answer, that's not true. The definition of where a child is is in its mother's arms. Kleisel and the Midbor, their physical place was not how they were defined. They were in a Kodesh arms. Apiyah Shem Yisrael means they were, they, were, they, were being, they were being taken in, embraced by Kodesh Baruch to the point that the physical place was not the definition of where they were. That's how you understand the Gemara. While you're in that emotion, you see your neighbor who you've been playing, keeping up with the Joneses with for the last 15 years. And he walks by with the latest version of, the, of, of his horse and, 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 the, and buggy, and he pulls the horse's tail to honk the horse, right? You should notice him. Ha ha, look, I got a beautiful the horse. Ha ha, you. What's your response? Gesundheit hate. I couldn't care less. I'm happy for you. I'm so happy with where I am. With, with this feeling of warmth and security and love and understanding my value, that I'm so important to this, this powerful being, you know what? I'm totally happy you should have whatever you want. That's the Yiddish word forgive. That's what forgive means. That's Lysachmet. Zatra B'Kiva, if you can understand Chavv Adam Shaniva B'Tselem, and what that means, the Chavivas of a human being, that he's created B'Tselem Elohim. I'm not jealous of anybody else. I'm so, I understand my value why am I jealous? Suppose it's a kina, that the withering of bones is kina. So the word atzamas also means bones. It also means your atzmias, your being, your re- your reality. I feel myself withered. I sit in the, I sit in a group, and this person is quicker than me. This person is more knowledgeable than me. This person is smarter than me. This person is more witty than me. This person is more handsome than I am. This person is everybody's got something more than me. What am I? I'm nothing. Rekavatzamas. My atzmias is withering. Because I'm comparing myself to everybody around me. Why are you comparing yourself to anybody around you? Why are you looking over your shoulder? Why are you defining yourself by anybody else? Because you don't see the value inside of yourself. The Russian put you in this world. If the most powerful being in the world, the omnipotent, the Kodesh Baruch Hu, with his omniscience, says, you belong here the way you are, with all of your chesrenas, means I'm perfect. I'm perfectly a mess. That's the way I'm supposed to be. That's exactly how the, the Creator made me. So I don't feel bad about myself. I feel good about myself. I'm in a Kodesh Baruch Hu's arms. From that vantage point, there's no kinah. That's the mitzvah of Hafta Once you accept yourself as being valuable, and I have no, I'm very comfortable with who I am and what I am, from that vantage point, I can now look around the world, you know what? I, so, I'm not feeling reminded every time I see somebody how I'm deficient. Because if I'm going to feel reminded every time I see somebody that I'm deficient, my reaction is going to be, I don't like you. Because you remind me of what's, what I don't like about myself. So to hear about is predicated on a that you like yourself to start with. Rabbi Kiva says, let's go learn. So Samora says, Rabbi Kiva says, I see that, you can, that it, can, it can penetrate my heart. So you see from Rabbi Kiva's thought process, he had no problem as a 40-year-old to go sitting and learning. He didn't go because he thought it wouldn't be successful. So once he realized it'll be successful, why not? Now most of us, if we're 40-year-olds, we haven't learned anything. What's our impediment to go? Because I don't think it'll be successful. That's not the problem. The problem is like, it's a pasmanished I'm uncomfortable. What are people going to think? Rikim had no problems going into that classroom as a Kita Aleph, a learning Aleph base, as a 40-year-old, together with his son. 
and all of his classmates. And I, you know, I would, I, can you say Kloshan Harba Klai? So I don't know whether you can or you can't, but I imagine that the classmates teased, they teased him, you know? I mean, the little kids, that's what the little kids do, you know? Ha ha ha! Look at the guy with the beard over there, you know? <laughs> learning Alabes, such an amor, it's, we're better than him. We're five years old, learning Alabes, he's uh, 50, right? Didn't bother with Kiva. Because he understood he had no problem with who he was. So why was he jealous of Tamakhov? The more says, because he felt that what was was rightfully his, they had taken away from him. He didn't have the opportunity to get what they had, and that bothered him. Not that he didn't like himself. The more says when you when a person learns turn in front of an it's like taking the, the individual's wife and taking advantage of her in front of him. Because it's his. You're taking away from him. The Amor sees the Tamachachim learning Torah, knows deep down that he should be able to do that also, and he wants to do it also, and he can't. And he feels so horrible, he's upset. That's where the, that's where the hatred comes from. The hatred comes from, because it's rooted in an element of kina, not in the person, but in, in what he has. So Rekiba says, no, 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 no. But once you tell me I can do it, I'm, willing, I'm going for it. That was his only, only problem was, I don't believe I could do it. Okay, you could do it. Go. That's the same way Rekiba says, He understood the value of a human being. He understood his value. He understood. That Rekiba can say, means that you, you recognize your relationship with your creator, how valuable you are in the eyes of the creator. That is the cloud of the whole Torah. Because that's to me a foundation for everything. Every mitzvah is about, you, about how, how Kodesh Baruch relates to us and we relate to him. That's, that's foundational. That's the Klaagol of Okay. So now Rabbi Kiva, here he is, and uh, he's lost We've, the base of Mikdash. We lost the base of Mikdash. Rabbi Kiva saw the base of Mikdash, and he saw the pain of the loss of the base of Mikdash. Rekiva did not lose it's the sight of our relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu and the value that we have in that relationship. Uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu is upset at us. He doesn't like us anymore. We're not important to him. He threw us out. Right? These are natural reactions that we would have. So it's not just that we lost the Beis Mikdash, but we lost what that means. The Beis Mikdash is a place where you meet your, your, greet your creator. No, 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 no. He, he didn't lose that. He understood that this is going to be a sign of that there's going to be a better relationship coming. There's a word from Yisrael Salanter. Yisrael Salanter says, it goes much better in Yiddish than in English, so I'll give it to you in Yiddish first, and then we'll translate it. It says, Medafton enisht nachton. Medafton enisht opton. Medafton enisht oifton. You have to do, and don't imitate. Imitate in Yiddish is called nochton. You have to do. Don't define yourself by somebody else. Do what's right for you. Don't imitate. Medafton, and nisht opton. You have to do, not to get it over with. Just, I mean, yeah, you know, I got, got to get it, I'm supposed to do this thing, done with, again. No, you do it because you're seriously doing it. But most importantly, you have to do, and nisht oifton. You have to do and not, not accomplish. The goal over here isn't success. The goal is doing. Now, why do we want to see success in our endeavors? Because it's nice to see success in our endeavors, right? right? But and let's say we don't see success in our endeavors. Now what? 
what message does it say to me that I, I, I don't like that? I did what the Kodesh wanted me to do. I tried. didn't work. So, so what? Why, am I, why, am I, why, why do I have difficulty with that? The answer is because I'm going to define my worth by what I accomplished. We all want to be successful. We, might, we have different definitions of success. So one person's success is he's very wealthy. One person's successful, he's able to accomplish a lot. One person's success is that people look up to him. Each person has a definition of success. But, what, but why, are we def- what is success? why is that important? Why are any of them important? What's really important is you, have, you understand that you're living in a world with your creator. He thinks you're the most valuable being in the world because he put you here. And he's the most valuable being in the world. If he put you here, it means you're important. What you accomplish, is not, that's not up to you. You, accomplish, you do what the country's wants you to do, and the person decides whether it's going to be successful or not. Why are you... Def- why? Is, well, yeah, but I tried it. It didn't work. What does it have to do with anything? But we grapple with this all the time because we need... A person has to know that they're valuable. Rav one time said, it says, Every person needs to have a spoonful of covet every day. This is the, the Balmusser of Chatzkel. Balmusser of Chatzkel was the, his, his daughter said that they lived in awe of him. In the house, they, they, his daughters described that the awe they had for their father. And Reb is saying every person needs a spoonful of covet every day. You know, you learn Reb Chatzkel. is a fascinating person. You learn his svarim. Chatzkel Levinstein. You learn his svarim. Yemir Shalim. Um, he, he has a series of shmuzin that he says. That he said, we have the shows that he said in the lead up to the Six Day War, and the shows during the war, and the shows after the war. And there's a little booklet, and I remember one of my rebellion who learned by Reb Chatzkel and heard the Shmuzin, would take these out during Yom the Royim, right before Mushaf Rosh Hashanah and before Neil Yom Kippur, he would learn it for a few minutes. And he would start crying his heart out. Because you read those Shmuzin, and it's like every single sentence is a sledgehammer of how horrible you are. Like, you know, you've got to change, it's not good enough, and you're <laughs> like, it's like, wow. Then you look at his letters, and like, you open up a letter, look at the letter, and he says, he says, you know, you need a little more gaiva. You know, there's a Shmuz, he says, a person about gaiva, he's about, like, I don't know, about a Zoranik, and he's like, you know, and the Shmuz says, you need a little more gaiva, you gotta believe in yourself a little more. Like, you know, like, whoa. The answer is there's an overall concept, but, you know, uh, the Vardikers, they used to work on the, you know, this idea of, you know, not becoming like belly gaiva. So they used to, like, sometimes they would make fools out of themselves, right? So when somebody says there's different Peshitas and, and, and Musters, Bob writes there's also things different Peshitas and Musters. So Sabotka is about God, how great human, human beings are, mankind is, etc. And the Vardik is about how lowly mankind is, you know. I said, I can guarantee you one thing. If you didn't have an intrinsic understanding of how valuable you were, and you spent weeks and weeks and weeks making fools out of yourself, you'd be so depressed, you'd probably commit suicide. Right? They, they knew how valuable they were. They didn't, their point was not to n- define themselves by somebody else's approbation, because they knew they were valuable in the eyes of a Kaddish Not that they thought they were lowly. They knew how valuable they were. They did not want to let somebody else's definition of them defi- define it. Every person has to know that they're valuable. If you're not valuable, let me off the world. If I'm not here for a reason, so what am I, why should I feel good? How can I live like that? I know I'm here for a reason. How do I know? Kaddish put me here. And he doesn't make mistakes. And he made me the, with, 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 my, with my personality, my background, my challenges, everything. I, I'm the mess that I am. He made it. Now, how well I've done with it? Okay, well, I have a job to, to try and do as best as I can. But he made me like this. He likes me flawed. 
Because he liked me not flawed. He wouldn't make me flawed. He would make me born into the most wonderful circumstances with the most wonderful meters, you know. That's not what he wanted. He made me like this. And he doesn't make mistakes. So I'm, I'm valuable. I'm great. Okay, I have to work. Right? But don't define myself as somebody else. Chavad Mashem B'Tselem means don't let somebody else define you. So Rikki was I'm not defined by little kids. But it also means that you don't have to be successful, quote-unquote, to feel good about yourself. My job is the Russian put me here to do. And he gave me karakas, so I'm going to do, I'm going to use my karakas as best as I can. So I taught 24,000 Talmudim. They're gone. So I start with five. Like, what's the problem? Rikki didn't sit there, you know, and obviously he felt badly he lost his Talmudim. He, he, he mourned that. But that had nothing to do with, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a failure. Like we can imagine an individual doesn't have what's called this healthy self-esteem because this is like, this is like healthy, healthy, healthy to the nth degree, right? What would, this, what would the, the self-statements be? This must be? I must be flawed. Look what my Tamidim did. You know, how many Tamidim died? Must be something wrong with me. Why should I try to teach again? I tried, and the, I gave this Matan to Kodesh Baruch Hu, and the person didn't accept it. He doesn't like what I did. We can, we can imagine these thoughts processes going through our minds. Rekiba says, none of this. That's not my job. I don't know why the Russians took them away. The more it gives a reason. Was it Rekiva's fault? Maybe. You know, were people shushing about Rekiva in, in the shul in the back? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, you can't listen to her about Klai, so, but I mean, Moshe Red also had people saying listen to her about him. Like, you know. So Rekiva walked into town and he was like, aha, he's the Rosh who had such bad meters as all of a sudden died. I don't know what they're saying. Maybe they're saying the horrible things about Rekiva. Right? And he thinks he's going to alter those five people down in the south and they're going to accomplish anything. Ah, hey, Gornish, you know, they're not going to like him, not going to count him anywhere. I don't know what they're saying. And we keep whoa, 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 whoa. Like, oh, slow down. I'm not defining myself by success. Medaftan and Nishtaifton, you have to do. Because the Russian gave you Kaichas and he wants you to do user Kaichas. What you're supposed to accomplish, that's his business. Every mitzvah, the Rechavah Zobah says, every mitzvah that you do, the, the success of the mitzvah is not in your hands. It never was in your hands. You get scarred for the choice to try. The Russian might, you might choose and then it doesn't work. Loyal a person chooses an Aveira, is the same thing. A person chooses to kill somebody. And he pulls the, pulls the trigger and shoots the gun. Does it have to kill another person? Maybe he'll miss. Maybe it won't hit him in a place that's going to kill him. Is he less of a Ritzeach than the person who actually killed him? So in Bezin Shalmat, can't do anything to him. But the Chavazot says that in, 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 in Shemayim, he goes to the exact same Gehenna. There's a guy who was successful, quote-unquote. Because the reward and punishment is based on, on what's in your power. Whether people live or die is not in your power. That's the Russian's decision. Whether you're successful in the midst is the Russian's power. The person has the best intent in the whole world. He tries the best he can. It doesn't work. But the scar is for trying. It's for doing so that's the Rekiva who's able to rebuild after losing 24,000 Talmudim because Rekiva understood he understood the value of mankind is not defined by our success it's defined because the Russian created us we are valuable because the Russian put us here we know that we are valuable because the Russian put us here we know it it's clear to us we know it with, with Lashon of Yudia, which means total understanding, and, and we should all have this, Rabbi Kiva say. Everybody should have this, this level of understanding of clarity of how valuable we are. It should be clear to us, like Yudia is clear without any question. It's part of our innermost being. 
And from that vantage point, but that also means that I, have, I have a very clear relationship, understand my relationship with my Creator. That's the foundation of Kol Kula. The Hathorah is the foundation of Kol Kula. That's what Rekiva's, things Rekiva is saying. Okay, I want to say one, one, one last point over here. There's, uh, so we, we discussed number one, and number two, number four, number five, and number six. We skipped number three. So I want to talk about number three for a second. And then, okay. So this is, this is the last mission of Septus Yuma. Famous statement from Rekiva became a song, so that's why people, people know it. Who brings you the process of Tahara? This is talking about, Mishra's talking about over there, the process of Yom the process of cleansing the person, purifying the person, the, the, the atonement, atonement, removing the virus. says, I'm going to sprinkle the water of purity upon you and I will mitar you. Another famous Mishnah. So what's what we keep saying? The Pasuk says, Mikva Yisrael Hashem. So the Mikva, just like Kodesh Baruch was matar, the, the Mikva is matar the Temeyim, the Mikva for Klai Yisrael, the, the source of Tar for Klai Yisrael is Hashem. Problem is, you look at the Pasuk in Yermio, and the Pasuk over the Mikva does not mean a Mikva, it means hope. The source of hope of Kla Yisrael, Loshan of Kaveil Hashem Chazaki Meitzibech. It's not talking about a mikvah. It's talking about hope. So that's a beautiful thought, but it's not what the pasuk says, right? So um, interesting. Like Rikiva just takes takes it totally out of context. Okay. Uh, what's the opposite of mikvah of of, of tikvah? What's the opposite of tikvah? Yeah, excellent. So, so um, if you can turn to page five, and this is a halachic chazanish. Uh, it's not min yish yisera. They're discussing what's called yish. What is yish? So the halacha by, by an aveda. If you lose an aveda and you're miyayish on the aveda, a person is despairs of, of hope of getting the aveda back. So, the finder is allowed to keep it. The whole year is the second line. Every year there's a little bit of hope in it. And every tikva, there's a little bit, there's pockets of yish. You can't measure it exactly. And the more then discusses, say, this is a halachic, the more explain what's called the valid level of yish to allow somebody to take the item or not. But he says the opposite of t- tikva is yish, the opposite of yish is tikva. And every tikva is a little bit of yish, and every yish is a little bit of tikva. You lose your item, I hope to get it back. Yeah, you know, you know depending on how pessimistic or optimistic I am, I'd say, you know, 95% of them are going to get it back. But you know, you, you might not, it might not. Listen, it happens sometimes, you know. You have the other guys say, ah, forget it, I'm never going to see it again. Yeah, it might happen, you know. The opposite of, of tikva is yish. My Rebekiva is the Rebekiva who doesn't have Yish. My Rebekiva is the Rebekiva who sees the world as a world of Tikva. There's a beautiful morale, Anakamora, in Endemachus. So, what's Rebekiva saying? Like, what is he saying? He says, let's understand something. 
I don't know if some of you ever heard some of my schmoozing, so I, sometimes I, I, I have conversations with interesting things. I've had conversations with ants, right? Ants talk to me. Right? So I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with a seed right now, okay? Right? This little seed, and we're about to plant it in the ground. The little seed's like, what are you doing to me? He says, well, I'm putting it in the ground. He says, you know, but I, I, I like the sun. I like the, I like the stars. I like the wind. I like the rain, you know? He says, I'm, I promise you, you, put this, you go into the ground. Out of here's going to come this beautiful tree leaves and fruits. So the seed says, okay, I'm in. You know, it's worth it. Put the seed into the ground, right? Cover it over. It's dark in there. And the seed says, it's dark in here, right? right? Gets wet. And he starts decomposing. The seed starts falling apart. She starts screaming, hey, that wasn't fair. But I'm, you know, I'm gone. And nobody's listening. And he's falling apart. It has to be the, has to be the greatest moment of Yish. But seeds don't germinate until they fall apart. The morale says that the, the, the tikva of a new base of Mikdash with the future which is supposed to come with the purity of the, the new base of Mikdash with all of the barriers being removed and all of the problems of mankind and everything, the, the, the Baish Lishi needs that it should totally decompose. And out of that will grow something much greater. You need it to fall apart. You need the moment of Yish. Total despair. It's totally gone. It's nothing. And from that, it can re-germinate re- and recreate in a much better form. So Rekiva, the morale says, the morale didn't say they had a conversation with the seed. That's my, my, my uh, Hosafa. The morale says that the Rekiva understood that the Churban Habayas is like the seed decomposing on the ground. The Ramchal says that that's really that's the process of Misa. We're going to come back to Kisa Mesim in a much better form. The process of Misa is the process of removing the impurities, letting it go back to, to almost zero and rebuilding in a better form. That's what Misa is about. But how is the Rekiva able to know? Okay, yes, we get it. It's beautiful morale. But how do Rekiva know that this is what's happening? How do Rekiva see the connection between these two Nebuahs that he understood that this is what it's about? Because I believe, or going to suggest, that Rekiva saw, again, the Russian put us here, there's a reason. We can't be worthless. There can't be years. There can't be despair. I don't want to say where that can more. And then we'll, we'll end. The more says a story like this. Kiskiyo Melech did not marry. Um, he believed that uh, he's going to have a son as a Russia. He had in the woods, so when there was a son as a Russia, it's going to be a tremendous source of Averis, and he'll be the source of the Kurban Vesim English. He did not want to bring such a child into the world. So he did not marry and have children. The Russian gives Yeshaya a Navi and Avua to go and tell him you're going to die. There's a decree in Shemaim you're going to die because you're not doing the mitzvah approval. So he comes to the Melech. He says, give your last will and testament to your, to your, to your household. You're going to die. And the Morris says, that this, he says, he says, why? He says, because you, you didn't do the mitzvah peruvu. 
He says, I didn't do it because I had a good reason, because I'm going to have, I saw with an avoid, I'm going to have a child who's a, who's a, who's a Russia, and he's given the source of the Corbin. So Yeshayin Obi says back to him, that's not your business. You have a mitzvah to do, you have to do with the mitzvahs are, you cannot make cheshbonahs. She says, okay, so I have an idea. Let me marry your daughter. Maybe the schus of myself and together with Yeshayin Obi, the God of the door, the Yeshayin Obi, together will be a schus. And so Yeshayin says to him, it's too late. We're in the gear. It's on the gear. You're going to die. I have, I have a nevuah from Shemaim. You're going to die. So Chizkiyos turns his face to the wall. And he, and he says, the more, and he starts, the, the post says, he turns to the gear, he turns to the wall, and he dies. The more says, he said, told Yeshaya, he says, you know, Yeshaya, he says, take your, your nevuah, would say, take your nevuah and leave. I have a I have a Masara from, from Avi Abba from my my, my great my, my ancestor, my great Dabra Malach, it wasn't his grandfather, it was his his ancestor. That even if it, there's a hair of Khadamunakh Samarshalam, the, the, the sword is on the person's neck, Al don't have Yish. It can still be saved. That's the Gomorrah. Samur says he davened. The war comes to Yeshaya that he's added fifteen years onto his life. They, they have they they have a child which is which is Menasha, and the Menasha was this, through his averus was the source of the korban of the, the basin. But he's also the source of the, the Mashiach coming eventually. Just think about the Gemara for a second. So, a person has tremendous emunah. He sees he's in a terrible situation. There's a there's a sword on his neck. So what does he say? I don't know what a Kershbrochus decree is. Kershbrochus decree to be that I'm supposed to live. The fact that the, the, the Cherub is here doesn't mean anything. Any moments, it can be removed. The Bershom is not forced upon by situations. If he wants it to not work, it won't work. They'll bring the, the sword down, the sword will break. The person will, will fall apart. At that moment, somebody will come in and shoot him. There's hundreds of possibilities what could happen. Right? That's not the situation over here. We know exactly what Kershbrook's decree was. The Navi, the Navi Emis, the God of Ador, told him what the Navu, what, what the Bershom's decree was. There's no greater sword on a person's neck than the decree of, a, of the Navi. And the Navi, Yeshaya Navi tells him, you're going to die. He says, get out of here. That's what it means not to have Yish. With an avua from a Kaddish Boracle on the person already. We know what the tree of Jemayim is. There's no more horrendous situation which could ever exist in the Bria than that moment. And and we understand his medal, says, I'm on this ball. Because there's no such thing, there's no, if the Russian put us here, there has to be a purpose. If he wants me here, so there's room for, to hold on to a Kaddish Boracle even in that moment. And he does. That's Rekiva. Rekiva says, you see the destruction. You know there's always tikva. So Rekiva says, what's going to purify Klai Yisrael? The mikvah over here is the mikvah of hope. What allows us to have that immersion in the Kodesh Baruch Hu's being is understanding that we know that it cannot be that we're here, that there's Yish. We cannot be we're here for purposeless. There has to be a purpose. So there has to be a source of Tahara. Because the person cannot leave us as a mess that we are. 
Because if we cannot get, continue to exist that way, and Rosh wants us to be here, he's going to have to deal with it. So the mikvah over here is not the mikvah. It's the mikvah of tikvah. And the, the point that we're saying, and understanding the value, understanding that, 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 that it's not defined by everybody else's success, because the fact that I'm doing what the Russian wants me to do, and the Russian put me, made me like this with my challenges, and I'm not defining myself by anybody else, and I'm living with that relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, that creates a state of tikvah. Because tikvah is, the Rebbe Yerna says, it's that, it's that feeling of knowing that Kosh Baruch is there with you with such a clarity that you always know that the Barsham is totally in control, so you're never worried. That's the mikvah of tikvah, which we metarikalize. So that, I think, is our goal coming to Rishu is, is to, to create a relationship with the Kosh Baruch Hu, that he's so real to us, that we know we're valuable. Because if he's real, and he wants us to be here, we're valuable. And we, from knowing our value and understanding how important we are and how valuable we are, we will then live with that relationship with the Kodesh Baruch Hu. All of the mitzvahs and everything else, it's all included in that concept of, of how to make sure that relationship is healthy, how to make sure the relationship is maintained, how to make sure the relationship is doing what it's supposed to be doing. That's all of the mitzvahs and that's all of the Kabbalah that we're going to do.